because you've spent so long putting in the practice and the protocols and you've really been working with these tools that were really beneficial for your relationship, it became muscle memory to the point where you can get through your day with your partner and not even have to actually consciously think, oh, this is how I should respond. Oh, this is happening here. Oh, that's a trigger. It just sort of feels like this effortless flow. And that's hashtag goals, right? That's real hashtag relationship goals. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, dear ones. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and this is episode 100. Hundo! (laughs) I was uh, actually picturing and hearing the guy that was like, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to hundo. Yeah, that guy's made a killing off of that little phrase. One line. Keeping it 100. Mm -hmm. Keeping it 100. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, shout out Randy Ramey, who pronounces the word hundred, hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, him and all the other folks in Montana. Montana. Yeah. Montana, if you don't know, uh, has its own accent. Mm-hmm. You have to know somebody to know. Yeah. But they do. And uh, look it up. It's probably not Googleable, but it's <laughs> real. It is real. Shout out Montana. We love you guys. Man, I'm so excited to do this episode. One, because it's it's just completely mind-blowing that we've done 100 episodes, and it's been you know, coming up on two years here. Yeah. Um, but really, in the last couple of months, as, as we have this archive um, of various topics and episodes and guests and conversations that we've had, feedback from all the listeners, one, it, it would not be possible without people listening mm-hmm. and, and just contributing to this movement. Um, but also, it's been so cool to be able to paint narrative and paint paint kind of this picture of what we've been doing and what we've been talking about this is all about relationships mm-hmm. with mind body spirit mm-hmm. everything's about a relationship yep yeah you can't that's our whole life is built on our relationship with the earth our relationship with our loved ones our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our thoughts Everything. We would be in a vacuum if we didn't have relationships. It doesn't just have to be about, you know, romantic partnership. That being said, you know, at The Medicine, you and I have found that the greatest teacher and the greatest catalyst for growth Mm -hmm. in these areas of mind, body, spirit really is our partnership. Yeah. And, you know, the big question that we are looking at and and the the big thing that we're trying to essentially solve, although it's never quite solvable, (laughs) is... How are we living life in these lanes of relationship, you know, pillars, mind, body, spirit, in a way that is really conscious? Yeah. How are we consciously creating the life that we want versus having life happen to us or yeah. or handed to us by our, our parents or, or yeah. the government or some other authority? So what's been so fun is 
looking back on this archive of 100 episodes and going, wow, this is all about creating an intentional, yep. conscious life. A lot of it is um, actually unlearning. Right. Unlearning and, and then relearning. It's kind of like smoothing out the grooves <laughs> of our life and our mind and then getting to choose like, okay, what now what do I want to do? Right. That's like our, our whole goal. And, and when we started this way back January 13th, 2020, <laughs> right before the world blew up, right. we didn't really, we didn't know that that's exactly what it was going to be. And through our passion and our own self-development, we really like kind of tunneled into this niche that is creating a life, proactively creating, proactively, <laughs> <laughs> proactively creating a life that we love. And then also being able to share that conscious, deep life in relationship, in partnership in a conscious and deep way. Comprehensive. It's cohesive. Mm -hmm. And if you're new to the medicine, oh, we obviously have a hundred episodes now, mm -hmm. uh, but they're structured around mind, body, spirit under kind of this umbrella of relationship. And, and we have relationships with all these things. Um, for us at the medicine, we, we prioritize this in our, in our partnership and it shows up in our partnership. So if you're new, uh, I would say, you know, resource number one, uh, hit up our, our Instagram account. That's the medicine podcast. And if you check on the, the highlights, mm -hmm. um, the story highlights, you're going to be able to kind of navigate your way through a host of different episodes yeah. categorized by mind, body, yeah. and relationship. There's literally a, a highlight that says start here. Right. <laughs> so start there. And then, you know, whatever is speaking to you, you're going to go through these different taps, these different uh, stories, and whatever is speaking to you and like nudging you in a sort of exciting way, go with that. Start there. Whether it's body, mind, or your spirit relationships, um, there is definitely something there for everyone. Totally, and yeah. it's it's you know with with fitness experts, it's with with um, you know those who've gone through their own spiritual journeys and mm -hmm. found breakthroughs. It's you and I discussing yeah. our own journeys. It's through dental health, really, holistic dental care. Right, mind, body, relationship buckets. It's kind of a a, a guide, if you will. So yeah, and so today, what we're going to be doing is is talking about this conscious living this conscious life uh starting out by what does that mean yeah what, what it, does it mean to be conscious i think that's a buzzword right now mm -hmm. as we often do we try to kind of break these things down and make them applicable instead of just clickable um oh i like that, like that? make it yeah. applicable <laughs> not clickable just made that up right now wow. yeah we're gonna tm that um <laughs> additionally there are stages of consciousness and we've kind of come up with these three sort of like four yeah. stages that we're going to, we're going to run through. Um, before we talk about the reality that this progression into being conscious is kind of overwhelming. Yeah, it can and, be. And, and we don't want you to get discouraged. So we're going to break a little, a little bit, a little bit of that down before we get to what's encouraging, which is how to track your progress into a conscious mm -hmm. life. How do you know you're moving in the dire right direction? Exactly. Yeah. So excited to get into it today. Uh, this is such a such a fun time to stop and reflect and mm -hmm. kind of make sure that our foundation is strong going forward because there's nothing but infinity and beyond, as Bud Lightyear <laughs> would say. Bud Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear would say. <laughs> Uh, we, we do have another exciting announcement before we get into the details, the conscious details of the episode of the meat. So we have an incredible 
epic magical giveaway going on on Instagram right now. If you go to the Medicine Podcast Instagram account, you will see that we are having this epic, crazy, huge giveaway where we have partnered with 10 of our favorite brands. These are brands that we talk about all the time. Living Libations, Clear Stem, Organifi, Real Mushrooms, um, Botanic Tonics, like all of these, Toto and, and, and more. And we have partnered with them to gift 10 winners, you guys. There's not one winner to this this giveaway, 10 winners. So it's, it's over $1,000 of uh, product that we use and love in our lives. And we want to share that with you, celebrating these hundred episodes and you all that listen and make this possible. And, and you, and your feedback to us literally is like fuel. It's like rocket fuel for us to keep this going and to keep finding incredible guests and to keep talking about this, the, the hard stuff, asking the big and weird questions and then staying open to the answers. As we say, this is what uh, we are all about. So we want to um, celebrate you also. Check out the details of the giveaway on the Medicine Podcast Instagram account. Um, you can, if you're not already following that, you can find it through my account, Mimi underscore the medicine, um, or literally just search it. <laughs> and uh, you can um, enter there. So, oh, I didn't say we'll be, we'll be choosing the 10 winners on November 21st. So you have a week to get your entries in. Mm, so good. Yes. Before we get into uh, the meat of the episode, as we say that again, <laughs> I got to ask you. Yeah. What, my love, do you have going on in your cup today and why? And why? Yes. Well, I got a good old fashioned glow job going Ooh. on. <laughs> hey. So I have some ice cold water and a, a hefty scoop of Organifi Glow, which is packed with 12 different... Uh, beauty superfoods superfoods for the skin and the face and hydration like like tremella mushroom and bamboo and aloe and rose hips and amla berry like incredible it tastes like raspberry lemonade super refreshing it's hot it's 80 degrees here in san diego and it's i needed something refreshing so that's what i got going on in my cup and i also added a dropper full of the mito restore mm. um which you know we just got off of a flight literally today we stepped off the flight and just you know traveling and being out of my routine and everything, I know my mitochondria are needing a little more support. So I put a full dropper full in there and my body is loving it. If you guys want to check out Glow or any of the other Organifi incredible superfood blends and products, you can uh, go to OrganifiShop.com and use the code MIMIFIT for 20 hefty 20% off every order. And you can also check the show notes or go to our medicine cabinet on our website. Yeah, no, that's super great. I don't know if glow is still available. Um, however, only, it's seasonal. Yeah, it for is sure. seasonal. It's a summer, but, but if for whatever reason it's not, cause I can't remember right now. Um, just hit us up directly. I'm not making any promises, <laughs> but just hit us up directly. Oh, we know some people. We know people. All right. Uh, well, well, I better yeah. mention to you what I have going on yeah, in, in my cup you. as well. <laughs> uh, similarly, I am attached to Organifi supplementation through the form of Organifi Red Juice. Um, like you mentioned, we traveled today. 
I have moved my body, of course, but not to the degree that I would like to. So after this podcast, I'm going to be getting a workout in. Mm-hmm. And my favorite workout, uh, pre-workout on the planet is Organifi Red Juice. I have a history of stimulants pre-workout. That's everything from just heavy amounts of coffee all the way to artificial um, like pre-workout like C4 mm-hmm. and some of these other kind of radical caffeine uh, stimulant based uh, pre-workouts that will completely drain your adrenals. Mm-hmm. Red juice saved my life back in 2018 when I had full adrenal exhaustion and I could not have literally had the energy to work out, get through my day without Organifi Red Juice. I continually take it as a pre-workout. It's loaded with uh, freeze-dried berries that are that are organic. Um, it's got cordyceps mushrooms, which we know and we've educated on in the past, has just an incredible benefit to your capacity to maintain energy and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I stack that actually with another one of my favorite brands in the world, Keon. You guys have heard me talk about Keon's aminos often. They are a great supplement for recovery, uh, but also for pre-workout, they enhance the endurance of your muscle capability. They support lean muscle development, and they are literally the building blocks of protein, making your protein consumption you know, later in the day more efficacious. So mm-hmm. I stack these two together anytime I'm doing a pre-workout, and uh, it tastes delicious too because the Keon Berry Aminos taste like a literally like like those little raspberry candies. Yeah, it tastes like like. Pez or like a, like a pixie stick. Right. It's, it's a pixie stick. And then Organifi Red Juice tastes like fruit punch Gatorade. Yeah. So <laughs> these are two homies. They're, they're definitely my pre-workout friends and uh, have all of the benefits that you can um, want mm-hmm. from a pre and post workout uh, supplementation. Stack. And I, I will vouch for you. I will confirm, concur, if you will, that it's working and I can see your muscles bulging. You want bulging muscles, people? (laughs) Listen to me. And this, again, this is on our medicine cabinet. And you can actually check both of these out in addition to uh, the giveaway products and the giveaway brands on our medicine cabinet. Again, the medicine cabinet is your one-stop shop for anything that we talk about on the What's in Your Cup section of these podcasts, anything we talk about on social. Uh, Our intention is to meet the people, meet the creators behind these brands and these products, get to know them take their supplements and take the things that they're selling for at least 30 to 60 days before we even speak about it for a second on this platform. Mm -hmm. And then when we do and and we find alignment to the degree that we would want to share about it, we actually go and get a discount code for uh, listeners and for people following us. Um, So check it out. The medicine cabinet, Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes and it's a good spot for all of your heart's truest fitness desires and more. (laughs) Yes. Much more. All right. Let's jump into this conscious yes. life. We're breaking it down, taking a, a concept that could seem daunting, overwhelming, confusing maybe. We're breaking it down, hopefully into bite-sized, tangible chunks <laughs> that will be easier to digest. Yeah. So take me through a little bit. You know, what do we mean when we refer to and, and, and people are seeing this term thrown around all the time, conscious, you know, what what do we mean by a conscious lifestyle? Right. It's so conscious. I mean, we're all technically conscious. If you're alive, you're conscious, right? right? You're awake. Until like three years ago, I was, I was like hearing conscious and being like, does that have to do with concussions? Like football or what? Yeah. Yeah. So 
of course, we all are technically conscious if we're just awake and moving around and living life, right? But what we're talking about when we discuss, you know, conscious living, living and in conscious relationship, it, it really does mean awake. It means aware, right? And um, it definitely doesn't mean perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It's more so this aware awakeness to possible growth opportunities in your life and seeking them out with compassion for yourself and others along the way. And the compassion is key. (laughs) So it's sort of like if we put this into analogy, it's sort of like hiking up a huge mountain that you've never been to. You've never been up before. You've never hiked this mountain. It seems daunting and huge. There's many winding different trails. Some of it's confusing, but you keep moving anyways. You keep taking one step at a time. And you notice that it feels good to actually occasionally stop to rest, take in the view, be present with the colors and the trees and the sounds. We're not just cruising up to check a box, right? Like, oh, I climbed the mountain, I'm done. We're, we're able to stop and take, uh, take in the view. And we can even see where others are at. Maybe, you know, we're in a group, right? Like communion is real, community is real. And, and we're doing life with the people that we've chosen, you know, um, in our community. So in this mountain analogy, we can stop and see where others in the group are at because we're all in a different place. Not everyone is taking the same steps, the same trails, and even, you know, the same pace. Well, I would say some people have no idea that they're on a hike because that would be unconscious. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the stages of being conscious, but but there's a level of this that is completely unaware that you're on a hike, that you're on a mountain. You're, Mm -hmm. You're strictly reacting, and we'll talk about reaction. You're reacting to the environment. So you may not know you're on a hike or a mountain, but you might experience flowers and you might experience joy. Mm hmm. You may also still be unconscious and experience uh, a fire or a a, a tree that's falling on Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. That is similarly experiencing sadness, death, destruction. Mm -hmm. But but you're unaware that it's a choice. Yes, exactly. And, you know, there's going to be times where you take the wrong path, where you take the path that there's a dead end or it loops you back to the beginning or, you know, you take what seems to be steps backward. And in this you know, you, you don't get frustrated or angry at yourself. You've never been here before. You're doing your best and you're, you're still moving forward. So you don't get angry at yourself. You hold that compassionate um, attitude towards yourself and others, but you still continue to look for the right path, the path that's going to lead you up the mountain where you want to be. So I like that analogy. It's, it's very, um, it sort of paints this picture that we're kind of all in this together and I'm not better than you or you or you and, and vice versa. We're all on our own path and we're all going at a different pace. And it's not actually adding to the analogy. It's not my job to carry you up the mountain. I can't, I can't, I can't carry you up the mountain. We all have to do our own. We have all have to take our own steps. Consciousness is awareness simply put Mm -hmm. conscious lifestyle conscious living conscious relationship is the awareness attached to the application of the proper tools to navigate through your environment and your programming and your conditioning knowing Mm -hmm. that you have the innate capability should you sharpen these instruments and sharpen these tools to put them into action to create the life that you want yes 
So if we use like a, a real life example, stepping out of the analogy and into real life, like in relationship, a, an example of this, you know, conscious type relationship would be, you know, it's not the absence of triggers. We all have emotional triggers, those little buttons that our partner or other people in our life can poke. And um, it's, it's really being aware that you have them, <laughs> owning them, knowing that they're yours to um, acknowledge and control rather than them controlling you. And it's not projecting onto the person that's poking them because they're just acting as a mirror for you to acknowledge your own trauma, triggers, programming, etc. And <clears throat> in relationship, you're able to like look through them and see the bigger picture of what you're creating, not dependent on what your triggers say to you or how they want you to act. Right. Some might call that the ego body. Yes. And it's an awareness that you can be the viewer of mm -hmm. your reaction to the environment and then make a subsequent choice against maybe what the environment would be suggesting you should slip into. Right. Yeah. And so I think really important in this and, and um, would be that con being conscious and, and applying a conscious lifestyle isn't a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. It's not a zero or a 100. It's a scale. And there are stages and there are degrees of conscious living. And so we're going to walk through those a little bit. Yeah. Um, we call these three stages. But before we get to the actual stages themselves, there's this kind of like stage zero. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were talking about a minute ago with the, with the mountain analogy is that stage zero is your unconscious. You don't know what you don't know. You're in full reaction to your environment. You're in full reaction to your programming, which just ends up resulting in a happenstantial way to live life. You may, like I said, walk down something in your, in your life that leads to bliss, that leads to connection. But you also might walk into environments or have been programmed or conditioned by like parents or, mm -hmm. or your upbringing <clears throat> into a path that leads to unhappiness without deep connection or meaning. Unconsciousness is the inability to observe those types of environmental factors yeah. and make choices against what you know you don't want to partake in. Mm -hmm. And rather just find yourself running down the groomed runs of life into mm -hmm. what can ultimately lead to this kind of like unhappy and I have no freaking idea how I got here type yes. profile. It's it's like life happens to me and I'm either lucky or unlucky. Yeah. And that's just life. Yep. And, and that, that is something we've all been kind of like, yeah. it, you just kind of like shit happens, you know, yeah. that shit happens idea. One of the best decisions I ever made for my overall health was getting completely off moldy coffee. If you are on a mission to get to the bottom of mystery symptoms and feel your best in life, this is something you need to know about. I have now lost count of the hundreds of people who tell me they have given up on coffee and caffeine, not because they wanted to, but because they thought they had to, because every time they drink it, they feel shaky, anxious, brain foggy, have skin reactions, or digestive issues. I then explained to them that, my love, you are more likely having a reaction to the mold and pesticides in your coffee, not the caffeine. 
The sad and shocking reality is that up to 91% of coffee beans used in America are contaminated with mold. Not to mention the 42 different chemicals and pesticides sprayed on most coffee beans before they are even harvested. So if you have persistent, unexplained brain fog, sore joints, fatigue, immune issues, or other mystery symptoms, it could be from moldy coffee you are unknowingly pouring into your precious body every day. No pill, no potion is going to help us feel better if we don't first remove the negative stimulus like the moldy coffee. Here's the great news. If you love coffee, you don't have to give it up. Every day I drink delicious, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that supports my overall health in the best way. It's my Reishi King Coffee. King Coffee is organic coffee mixed with the spores from Reishi mushrooms. This unique and potent combination allows me to enjoy coffee while also supporting my hormones, my immune health, my nervous system, my digestion, my mood, my stress levels, and so much more. If King Coffee was a pop star, she would absolutely be Beyonce, potent and divine. If you love coffee, I invite you to ditch the mold and try King Coffee for yourself. It was one of the best decisions I ever made for my health. I can't and won't go back. To learn more about what makes Reishi Spores and King Coffee so unique, you can check out episode number six of this podcast. And to grab your King Coffee, do not buy on Amazon. That is illegal and expired product. Instead, go to themedicine.myorganogold.com com and search for King Coffee. You can also just check the show notes or my Instagram bio for a direct link. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Cheers, boo. And so as we go through these different stages, we're going to use examples so that there's some actual like applicability here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to use fitness uh, as kind of this theme and umbrella, and then we're going to use relationship. So in stage zero, the unconscious stage, if we're using fitness, this is kind of this idea that you don't exercise, uh, you may not move your body ever, and you're generally just unaware of your unwellness. It's sort of normal that you have no idea that exercise could actually benefit you. Mm -hmm. um, and in relationship, I think an example that's you know very real for us would be let's just say it's the man or the masculine in the relationship has been working like crazy all week, traveling all week. And at the end of a Friday evening, um, he is essentially showing up depleted in complete fight or flight, not, not essentially ready to take up the, the crown of the king and provide strength and stability to his feminine. However, the feminine who maybe has been waiting for her king all week because mm -hmm. he's been preoccupied with something else has this energetic expectation that she'll be swept off her feet by mm -hmm. her, by her king on a friday evening and they'll have you know romantic mind-blowing yeah. sex all night long just like the romantic comedy she, she watched the night before she's ready for that like magnetic oh my gosh we're together and we're our clothes are flying off and oh he you know like thinks right. i'm the most beautiful thing in the world like yeah. That's what happens in the movies and that's kind of what we expect. So stage zero of you don't know what you don't know is no awareness that those types of energetic expectations are going on. 
let's just say the masculine has maybe this expectation that he'll be able to chill, kick his shoes off, mm -hmm. cuddle on the couch. Maybe she'll rub his feet or something and make him dinner because she'll be able to pick up on the fact that he's tired. Yet she is expecting the king to yeah. swoop in and, and uh, you know, ravage her into the, to the night's whatever bliss. <laughs> Neither one of them are aware. It ends in a completely disconnected interaction on a Friday evening. Mm-hmm resulting in unhappiness and frustration. Neither one, neither party is aware mm -hmm. of why, how, and what. Yeah, and neither one of them actually did anything wrong. Right. It's just the, the expectations. Yep. And they don't even know how to communicate that. So that's stage zero. Yep. Stage one of becoming conscious in your life is the awareness that you don't know, i.e., you start to observe and reflect on your reactionary nature that you might potentially have some programming, maybe some insecurity, maybe some environmental factors, uh, some discomforts that are driving the way in which you react to certain environments. Yeah, it's it's literally when after we divorced and I was like, okay, so that's clearly not how you do it. Right. I'm, I'm missing something. What do I do? So this phase, stage one, is definitely don't have the tools yet. You don't possess no. the instruments or the tools to be able to do something about it, to be able to change the dynamic, but you have become aware and you're very curious as to why mm -hmm. you, you want to start to identify what's showing up. Mm -hmm. So going back to our examples, we're talking about fitness and relationship. Example one for, for the fitness analogy is you learn, you know, maybe you've listened to one of the medicine podcasts talking about, um, the importance of resistance training or the impo importance of diversity. You know, sometimes you want a little cardio. Sometimes you want uh, weightlifting. Sometimes you want yoga and stretching and mobility. Sometimes you want rest. Sometimes you want rest. And you start to pick up on the fact that your lack of movement, your very kind of immobile lifestyle could potentially be contributing to the unwellness that you're experiencing. You don't know what that means because you've literally just only heard that that's a possibility from like our podcast. Mm -hmm. But you are aware that something is, is just blatant mm -hmm. that you're not doing. Yeah. So you start to ask, why? Mm -hmm. They become curious. Yeah. Uh, so in relationship, using our similar example to the, to the masculine and the feminine meeting on a Friday evening after a long week, maybe you're able to start looking back at the disconnection that you experienced on that fateful Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that it was likely because something could have been off. Maybe instead of feeling just the frustration alone without any uh, questioning and putting all the blame on somebody else, you start to ask why and how. How did we get to this point? Not just it must be them. It must be something with them. Mm -hmm. Rather, the reframe on the question is how did we get here and what is happening in our environments that is getting us here? Yeah, maybe you've even heard chase and mimi on the medicine podcast talking about the masculine and feminine energy maybe you're like oh i've never literally this was my experience <laughs> like i've never heard of those things what right. is that it sounds like it could be important yet that wasn't no one talked about that in our premarital counseling what is that all about shouldn't i know about this already if it was that important 
And, but you do start to get, you get curious, you're intrigued by it. You still, again, don't necessarily know what to do or like all of a sudden, you know, the, the information is not just like matrixed into your mind, right. but you wonder if that disconnect that came, uh, you know, last Friday night between you and your partner had anything to do with this masculine and feminine type energy. You become curious and you start investing energy into figuring it out and putting energy towards okay, maybe there's a better way. And that curiosity, no matter what you do, just simply asking the question Mm -hmm. produces empathy. Yeah. It results in disarming the disease that was in the relationship because you think there's something larger at play. Yeah. And this is actually too, before we move on to the next stage, this is actually where I think people start to realize that they're telling themselves stories. Yeah. We talk about, you know, one of the tools we talk about all the time is this phrase that's like, the story I'm telling myself is blank. Is that true? And this is the stage where you start to realize that when he didn't sweep you off your feet and carry you into the bedroom and make out with you for five hours and all of that that you were hoping for, we all have this incredible ability to create stories in our head. And I certainly did this in our marriage where something didn't meet my expectations, whatever it was. And I would be in this thought loop of what it must have meant. He didn't sweep me off my feet because, well, I, I, I haven't been working out as hard and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not as attractive to him anymore. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know he, this wasn't the situation by the way, but someone could think, I mean, he's traveling with his coworker, Janet, who knows, like, have they been flirting? Like you start to create these stories. Mm. Yeah. And so in this stage, when you're becoming aware that maybe, maybe that's a story that I'm creating. I don't know how to get out of the story. I don't know how to rescue myself or let my partner rescue me from my stories. But I wonder if there's another story that I could write. Oh, perfectly put. Beautiful, beautifully put. And that's moving into the next stage, the stage two of becoming conscious, which is what we're calling from awareness to application. This is the identification of tools and the initiation of those tools in practice. So what that means is you begin to take your curiosity, your questions, and start resourcing the tools to put them into action. You Mm -hmm. begin to take action and make intentional thought out choices and responses based on those questions that you then followed up with acquiring for knowledge, uh, for tools. This could be looking at podcasts like ours. This could be looking at books. This could be looking towards individuals in your life that are, that are Mm -hmm. seem like they're a couple steps ahead. Taking a course, right? You're maybe for the first time hearing about triggers, you know, maybe it's family dynamics and, and, and childhood programming and conditioning. Maybe it's the self-evaluation of what traumas have taken place mm-hmm. and, and realizing how to troubleshoot your way through those traumas. The important distinction at this stage is that it's not yet instinct. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a practice. In- and, it, and it's you're like, okay, you're remembering. What was that that they said that I should do in this, in this particular situation? It, it may not even be uh, smooth. It right. may be clunky at first, sure. especially if it's in relationship. Um, But the important piece is that you're taking the next step forward from awareness into action and accumulating tools to begin the application of those tools 
for progress. That's a really good point. Actually, I want to pause there because a lot of people <laughs> are sponges to information and that that consumption feels like something. Right. And it's good. It's, it's great to, you know, consume podcasts and books and courses and, you know, uh, all of these things are wonderful. It's great to pick up this information. But I think there's a, a, it, there is a tendency sometimes that feeling like consumption is actually action and it's not. Yep. It's taking in and then the next step in this stage you know, of, of becoming conscious, you're, you said it, the awareness to application. It's not just taking in the information because I have heard from a lot of people that they do actually know what they should do, but sometimes actually taking that step is hard. It's scary. It's unknown. It's unnerving. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know if it's going to, you know, end in your favor or not. So they stay stuck, even though they know the information. This is a really important point. And I want to, I don't want to digress too far off uh, kind of you know getting through these stages but this is a really important point because our world is riddled with people who've memorized the steps and the plans and they appear and posture as if they're putting it into practice mm-hmm. i've been there myself you've likely been there yourself yeah everybody listening has memorized the terms and the vocab words yeah. <laughs> to be able to speak and hang in an environment where um it seems as if you're embodying uh, expert level knowledge on something, yet you haven't put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Perfect example is, don't get me wrong, education is beautiful, but there are a host of teachers out there who actually never have lived it, embodied it, yet are teaching it from a book. Yep, absolutely. I, I had a coach. He did not play basketball, yet he was a college basketball coach. His inability to empathize and be conscious of what it is like to be a basketball player mm-hmm. was completely limited. So I know the guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so getting into our examples of, of fitness and relationship uh, under stage two. With fitness, this may be where you are you know, taking your awareness and putting it towards research. You're pulling on resources to implement and take action to make change. I think the most practical example using the fitness umbrella would be you hire a personal trainer yeah. or you buy a fitness program to begin applying the the tools towards your awareness. Mm-hmm. In relationship, I think it's a really similar idea. You seek out and apply the tools. It's our podcast episodes, shameless plugs all over the place yeah. for our podcast. <laughs> um, maybe it's courses or coaches. It's simple books, protocols that you start adding to your relationship and you put them into practice. So using the Friday night example, again, prior to that evening, you request a conversation or a connection point with your partner. Mm -hmm. This can be, you know, either, either or masculine or feminine. And it's saying, Hey, how are you feeling after this long week? I've, I've been noticing you have a long week. Where are you at? Yeah. What, what are you feeling as your desire for tonight? Mm-hmm. is there something off with us? Let's just clear that. And you're, you're taking these tools maybe that you read out of a book, a book. Maybe you listen to our podcast and have learned the check-in process. Mm-hmm. You're applying a check-in. And so, yeah, it might be clunky. It's not going to be this instinctual um, yeah. dance. It's going to be a little more formulaic, but it is progress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, incredibly important point in this distinction of uh, between step one and step two is really this applicability towards yes. the awareness. You are taking the steps yeah. and you're putting into practice 
even if it's clunky. Yeah. And then so moving into kind of the last stage of this, this evolution into being conscious, this is stage three. We call this the intuitive action phase. This is like the second nature muscle memory phase of your progression into conscious living. It's not quite the formulaic approach that we just articulated and spelled out. Rather, you begin to dance. Mm -hmm. it, it's not unlike sports or, you know, even something technical like dancing or, or playing an instrument where you've studied and practiced the technique. Um, and now when you're in play, maybe it's a mm -hmm. game, maybe it's a performance, um, it becomes habit. It becomes muscle memory such that you can intuitively react to the energy and the polarizing needs of any situation. Mm -hmm. You might get through a day and look back on the day and go, wow, I can't believe I did that. I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That's the phase that we're in. Yeah. And so again, going back to our examples, the, f the fitness space, this is moving on from having to work with a trainer. This is moving on from having to follow your exercise plan to a T and count all your reps and count all your calories that you're consuming at night to hit your goals. And rather you start understanding your body and the signals that your body is giving you. Maybe today is the day that you need movement. Maybe that movement is resistance training. Maybe that movement is yoga because you're tired and you want to rest a little bit. It's the knowing when and how to apply without having to pause and think about it. This is all by your intuition and it's combined with the technical expertise that you've made habit that you can pull on from mm -hmm. intuitive behavior. It's like waking up and knowing I need to lift today. I need to run today. I need a day off today mm -hmm. without having to open up the book and crack it to where your bookmark was on, on how to, you know, evaluate your own body's feedback. Yeah. And in relationship, um, in this stage, this could look something like, <clears throat> maybe you and your partner are laying in bed and you you had just an incredible day and you didn't even do anything like really that special. It was just a normal Saturday, but you, you notice like you're checking in with your body and you're just, you notice that you felt seen, you felt held, you were able to play with your partner. There was flirting, there was chemistry, but neither one of you was really working at it. But because you've spent so long putting in the practice and the protocols and you've really been working with these tools that were really beneficial for your relationship, it became muscle memory to the point where you can get through your day with your partner and not even have to actually consciously think, oh, this is how I should respond. Oh, this is happening here. Oh, that's a trigger. It just sort of feels like this effortless flow. Yeah. And that's hashtag goals, right? right? That's real hashtag relationship goals. And, you know, um, that I would say is, that is the apex mountain for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It is, that's, I, I, that's where I want to be. It's the Friday, you know, back to the Friday night example. It's the masculine understanding that he's depleted knowing because of who his partner is that she wants to be swept off her feet tonight. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He comes home, he pauses before he sees her. He might take a, a walk in nature, a couple big deep breaths of fresh air and evaluates how ready he is to step into his full mm -hmm. masculinity as the king and sweeper off her feet, hoping that he can actually polarize that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Maybe for the feminine, it's, it's the opposite. It's the awareness based on the feedback from her partner's energy that 
there is nothing more that he wants tonight than connection, but that connection is going to have to look a little bit different. Yeah. It's going to be less of a king taking up the throne and rather the warrior who's, who's been battling all week and needs kind of this nurturing Mm -hmm. recovery approach. So the feminine steps into her divine nurturing archetype and Mm -hmm. it's, Let's light a candle, put jazz music on. Let's both relax and kind of like, you know, rub each other's feet tonight. It's mm-hmm. that type of energy. And those are just literal examples of, of one way that it could work. But that's kind of how that dynamic shakes out without having to, you know, break out the relationship handbook yeah. and go through it um, in kind of that clunky way that we talked about in stage two. Yep, absolutely. So that's it. That <clears throat> is the the stages of of becoming conscious into this lifestyle and, and using kind of fitness and relationship as the example. But this applies across the board in life Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Anytime you're learning something, you're going through these four stages, hopefully. Hopefully you get to the, well, three stages, I guess, but hopefully you get to that third stage. That's the goal. So we've talked about um, defining just what this buzzword means right now in 2021, becoming conscious and Mm -hmm. and living conscious. We've gone through the stages that we've sort of made up and, and, and hoping that that's, you know, very applicable for everybody listening. But if you've listened to our, our episodes, all hundred of them, and you've, you've been listening through the episode today, you might be feeling a little overwhelmed. Yeah. This might seem like, holy shit. I have, s- I, I don't, I don't even know where to start or what to do. Right. So permission and empathy for overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know that it's normal to feel that way. I felt that certainly Chase has felt that. Um, you know, when I started my self-development, when I got that snowball rolling, (laughs) it gains momentum and sometimes it's hard to stop. I I know full well that you can be in that sponge mode where you're taking in too much. You're taking in, as our friend Paul Check would say, more information than you can put in formation. Mm, God, that's so good. And it's a great reminder, even for us, because we love all the podcasts and the books and the courses and the fill in the blank live events and all of that. So it's, it's so easy to get to that overwhelm state. So one, stop, take a breath, be present with yourself, know that you're doing all the right things and be, be compassionate, have compassion for yourself and where you're at in your journey and really take an honest look at, am I taking in more information than I can put in formation? That's the first step to, to kind of undoing this overwhelm. There is no rush. No. This take your time. Mm-hmm. We live in a world of listening to Audible on three times speed and, and every <laughs> podcast at, at, at max speed and consuming. I read X amount of books this year. I can read a book a day slow down yeah be a sponge but only to the degree that you can apply it right and and i think a good point to note here is create space within yourself before you know using paul check's quote of of don't consume more information than you can put in formation make sure that if there's any garbage in your in your capacity uh, and your availability for more information that you that you clear it out. Mm-hmm. And that can look like just evaluating your your daily routine. Right. And maybe there's part of it that you that's not actually serving you anymore. And you realize that it's still it's draining you of your energy. Maybe you're working out twice a day. Right. <laughs> and you're lifting in the morning and you're doing an hour of cardio at night. Is that really serving you? 
or is it depleting you more? Like yeah. something that is a simple example, but sometimes we don't actually need to consume more. We actually need to strip away the things that are not serving us so that we can actually put this information into formation. Perfect. And permission, everybody, this is not innate. Mm-hmm. The steps, the stages of being conscious and living in this in this manner is not innate. Have compassion for yourself. You know, we're, we're, we're telling ourselves this. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly, but but transformation of really anything, relationship, mind, body, spirit, it starts with listening and observing first. Mm-hmm. Hey, Boo Thing. All right, we got to talk about the G word, glyphosate, also known as Roundup. You know that weed killer stuff that your dad sprayed on dandelions in your yard? Well, it's actually licensed as an antibiotic and it's actually being used on the majority of our foods by conventional and even some organic farmers. This means that every time we eat foods that have been sprayed with glyphosate, we are consuming antibiotics. So not only are we repeatedly wrecking the diversity in our gut microbiome, but glyphosate has also been linked to liver disease, cancer, hormone disruption, birth defects, infertility, depression, and more. So this is a really big deal. And you're not alone if the glyphosate battle can sometimes feel overwhelming. I totally get it. But instead of feeling helpless, I want you to be informed and empowered. There are brands that are doing the extra work and going the extra mile to provide the glyphosate residue-free certification on their products. One of those brands is Organifi. When you use a scoop of any of the Organifi superfood blends, you can rest easy every time knowing that each one of Organifi's ingredients, whether it's the medicinal mushrooms, adaptogens, or other health-supporting herbs, are carefully sourced from organic farmers who do not use glyphosate. Because I prefer to live my life without chronic disease, I am obsessed with finding foods that are certified glyphosate-free. I do not want this toxic antibiotic in my life or in my body. Being your own best health advocate starts with understanding exactly what is going into your beautiful body. And Organifi makes it so easy for us. My favorites right now are the green, the red, and the gold also known as the Sunrise to Sunset Bundle. To grab this bundle or any of the other glyphosate-free Organifi products, go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT at checkout for 15% off each and every order. That's M-I-M-I-F-I-T at checkout for 15% off. Or just check the show notes. Remember, once we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. We can't, and this is reiteration, you know, this is like, (laughs) we can't change the outputs of our life. What our life is looking like, the expression of this existence on this earth. We can't change anything unless we change the inputs, what we're putting into our life. So to change the inputs, we have to first become aware of what they are and that you don't get to skip steps in the stages of what you just laid out. Um, they're they're all valid and they all have to be gone through you can't skip steps yeah i think i think uh you know using the nutrition example um i think i think you've had some experience Mm -hmm. with with just being a coach in the nutrition space from your your past 
Yeah, absolutely. So oftentimes, I mean, when you're trying to help someone get to a stage of health, um, you do need to get a baseline for where they're currently at. You know, uh, looking at calories, macros, what are you eating? What are your prescriptions? Like it's all inventory. You're taking inventory of where you're at and then you align your new inputs with where you where your goals are what do you want out of this experience and so um you know you're able to make then those necessary changes to reach your goals whatever they are and obviously the same thing exists in relationship we can't transform our relationship until we start observing our own, not just your partners, because that's easy to do. Like, oh, I know my partner's all of his triggers and trauma and this and that. And that's important. But also like first looking at yourself, observing your own thoughts, triggers, trauma, programming, etc. Right. As within, so without. As above, so below. That hermetic principle that we so often reference. It's, God, it's one of the truest, truest rules, the truest laws of this chaotic crazy world that we live in the the last thing i want to talk about when it comes to this this potential for being overwhelmed this you know maybe you feel like you're staring up at a cliff face that you need to to climb conscious uh living is holistic we talk about conscious living and we of course mean conscious in in all of these different relationship avenues of our life Mm -hmm. relationship to our body the relationship to our thoughts and our mind the relationship to some higher power or some collective larger meaning to this life experience than just I am existing for, you know, just randomness. Mm -hmm. Same with our romantic partnerships. The thing about this conscious living is that leaning into any one of those lanes is supportive of the other lanes of your life, the, the total collective conscious living experience. So even if you're directly addressing the improvement and evolution of being in conscious relationship with your partner, those practices are indirectly supporting what will ultimately lead to when you have the capacity, when you have the time and when you have the Mm -hmm. interest, your desire for a conscious health lifestyle Mm -hmm. And, and vice versa and vice versa. A lot of people start, I mean, you and I did our story. Like we both started with, we had to get our health right. And oftentimes I think more often than not, it starts with our own personal health and like, you know, chronic health issues, like getting past that. I feel crappy every day. I have unexplained symptoms. I don't know what's going on with me. It's like, oftentimes we have to start there. And that's, I think, really common for people. I think people crush themselves uh, and and beat themselves up because they're, they don't have the deep conscious relationship. So they focus on that yet. Maybe it doesn't pick up as quickly as they want it to be. Maybe they, maybe they don't have the, the partner. And so it's tough to get, make progress, Mm -hmm. but by leaning into, let's say, conscious eating. Yeah. And they start asking questions of, where did this food come from? What does this food do for my body when I consume it in this way, in this manner, with mm-hmm. gratitude? What if I have appreciation for the life cycle that it yeah. took to get this food and these calories into my plate and, and, and my body? Right. That same approach can be applied to when ultimately a partner does come into your life and you start asking, where did this trigger come from? Mm-hmm. What if I have gratitude and empathy for this other person who is showing up in this communion with me? Yeah. Those practices and those muscles that you're building in conscious living 
translate to all lanes of conscious living. So encouragement to say, start. Yeah. And really the common denominator is the key you could say is staying curious about it all. Not having this approach of I should do this, I should do that, or living out of guilt or shame of where you're not at or how, how you're not progressing, but really staying curious and keep asking those questions about yourself and different aspects of your life. Really like one easy way is just asking, is this the best way? Right. Just staying curious that way. Just keep asking yourself that. And you might not, you're not going to know right away, but just by asking that question, posing that question to your brain, your brain is the most incredibly advanced supercomputer in the universe and it will it will start to look and pin answers for you when you pose a question like that is the way that i'm taking care of my body in my exercise is this really the best way for sustainable long-term health and and you will see those growth opportunities in your life if you make that if you make that important to your brain it'll find the answers you say it often i love it how you do the small things is how you will do the big things. Yep. Don't be discouraged by the cliff face that you have to climb up on those major life rocks because you can build momentum on the small pieces, on the, on the small stones that may seem like stumbling blocks, but you can actually pivot them into stepping stones. And that momentum and that progress will slowly start to chip away at the what can seem like massive mm-hmm. um, hurdle to, to freedom. Yeah. Um, and so, and so moving on to the next piece and, and kind of lastly is a really important practice in this constant pursuit of becoming conscious and, and living this conscious life. That is start counting your wins, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There are signs that you're on the right track and we want to spell out some of those because what is so important along this journey is the pause and the reflection on where momentum has been accumulated. Mm-hmm. So let's run through a few of those. Let's. I think... When you start to pick up on the fact that there is such a thing as family patterns and family programming and potential trauma in your past that are causing you to interact with life in this sort of like default mode way of operating, that's a step. Mm-hmm. That when you start to pick up on that, whoa, that was a that was my dad coming out. Yeah. Whoa, that's a that's a from my trauma. That's from my insecurity. That's a belief that I never uh, volunteered to believe. It was just handed to me by my parents. Right. Uh, do I want that? Right. Yeah, you'll start to be- become more aware of things that uh, were are brought into your life by choice versus things that were just handed to you, uh, maybe even subconsciously, just like growing up in your family, whatever that looked like. Yeah, I think another one is becoming aware that your body is giving you signals for feedback. That's kind of step one is like, holy shit, my body is telling me something about this circumstance, environment, choice. Mm-hmm. That's one step, which is which is to note. The second piece would be you can actually start to interpret those feedback signals and know what they mean. Mm-hmm. For instance, we've all felt unease in our stomach, in yeah. our chest. When we associate that unease with, wait, that's from guilt. That's from obligation. Somebody's guilting me into do this into doing this and I and I feel uneasy about it. That is a different feeling or at least a different meaning behind the unease should it be from nervousness or excitement. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're feeling unease, but you're 
thinking about it and you're aware of the fact that it's because you might be a little bit nervous slash mm-hmm. excited for because, something. Yeah, there's some unknown. If you were to treat both of those as if they were the unease was bad, you are going to miss out on the opportunity to pursue through and push through that nervousness and excitement onto something more beautiful. It's like ramp, you know, going up the roller coaster, you're going to feel those, those feelings of nervousness. But on the other side is, is adrenaline and it's bliss. Yeah. But if you associate those feelings with guilt and obligation and you ultimately um, do not pursue those lanes, you're going to leave and, and interact with life in a way that, that is going to be uh, subpar. Totally. And I think another part to this is you start to become more aware of your hell yes and your hell no. Yeah. And you kind of let go of the need, this chronic need that a lot of us have to people please and to say yes to things that we don't, we know we really don't want to do, but maybe it's guilt, maybe it's shame, maybe it's like, well, I don't know what they'll think of me if I don't do this thing. Yeah. But you're not staying true to your own intuition. So that will start to create like imbalances and disconnect in your own body. And so when you're able to let go of that and step out of that and you're like, no, I actually, I'm going to, what I really need, what I, I, I want to gift myself with is a night at home reading and, you know, uh, preparing a beautiful meal with my partner. And I know there's this fun party, but like, I'm not feeling it. And I'm not going to go just because I, you know, have some FOMO or whatever. All my people pleasers out there. This is for you. (laughs) This is definitely for you. And if you found yourself breaking through a lot of these, that's progress. Take note. Um, another one for me is when you just, all of these are coming back, coming back to awareness and action. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, one or the other or both and you're making progress uh if if they're coming up one would be you start to pick up on feminine and masculine energies and polarities Mm -hmm. all all over the place yeah and if you listen to the the medicine podcast for some time you're probably already doing this where you're even looking at things whether that's in your partnership or relationship or other and you're like i think that's feminine i think that's like the ocean that's that's feminine that's Mm -hmm. definitely feminine or like that mountain holy shit that's a masculine mountain (laughs) man that that fictional book or that story really makes me feel feminine. I'm in my feels or this gardening makes me really in my feels. That, that's a very feminine. Um, or, or even like when I exercise, when I lift heavy shit, I, that's masculine. That mm-hmm. is, that's penetrating. That is, that is um, this force of stability. Or when I built this Ikea furniture and, and I felt like pounding my chest, that's very masculine. You're picking up on the driving reasons behind some of the things that you're feeling. Yeah. And and I think, uh, piggybacking on that, you're not only noticing, but the next step is also being able to do more of the things that make you feel feminine because you want to create that polarity with your partner or vice versa, where you're like, I'm going to go lift some weights. I'm going to go do this and do the things that put me in my alpha state because I want to show up for my queen tonight in this type of energy and, you know, take her to Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The the application is, is huge on those, on those energies. And we've talked about them in previous podcasts, you know, talking about the out of balance archetypes of the masculine and the feminine and how to counteract those imbalances. Definitely refer to that episode for, for more. Um, another, another sign that you're on the right track is you start to see the thing behind the thing. We say it all the time. And I feel like we're going to keep saying it yeah. all the time. There's always a thing behind That'll the thing. That'll be our book's title. Yes. What's the thing behind the thing? And that is simply, if you've never heard us say that before, it's simply 
what is the thought or the feeling that's invisible to me that my partner is feeling or going through or that I'm going through? It can be about your partner or yourself that is deeper than the surface level argument. So in a real life example, you're upset that your partner left their dirty dishes in the sink and you're evaluating, you know, this stage would be like, or the step in, you know, consciousness, becoming more conscious where you would be able to be like, okay, what's the thing behind the thing? What am I actually angry at? Am I angry at the dishes? It's going to take me two minutes to put them or less to put them in the dishwasher. I'm not really angry about that. I'm, I feel like my feelings are hurt because I don't feel like this is a partnership. I feel like he, he puts me into modes where I have to feel like his mother and I don't want to feel like his mother. I want to feel like his queen and I don't want to be a nag, but uh, you know, living in a, a dirty house really gives me anxiety. Like those are all the things behind the thing. So then when you go to talk to your partner, you're able to talk about the, th- the underlying issues, yeah. not you didn't put your dishes in the dishwasher again. I tell you every day, you're the worst. Like that's just going to be met with anger and defensiveness. If you get to the point where you want to skip the argument over the literal thing that happened Mm -hmm. and you'd rather go straight towards the energy behind the trigger or the charged moment, or you actually start to unarm or disarm yourselves and get curious about maybe the programming that got you to this point of argument. Yeah. Maybe the imbalance, like, wow, I, I feel like I'm in toxic masculinity. I need to go out and walk in nature with mother Gaia for a minute and and get the bath of the divine feminine to put me back into balance. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, I need to relax tonight, but I know that scrolling Instagram and binge watching Netflix is only going to increase my out of balance sexual polarity rather I need to put my feet in the dirt Mm -hmm. or I need to go into water and, and, and breathe deeply and get back to some level of equilibrium. Yeah. And all of these examples that we just laid out in, in, you know, speaking directly to relationship, (laughs) it's all this practice. It's all devotion. And it's not necessarily being devoted to your, your partner, which sounds sort of bad. <laughs> but the way that I think about it, it's, it's I'm actually devoted to the love that we create. So this is, it's so important. And it's, it's something that we could spend a whole podcast on. But this is why it is the third theme or pillar in my deep love course that I'm creating for partnership. It's, it's focusing on the devotion and the, the, the practice of being devoted to love. And there's a quote that I um, absolutely just align with so hard. And I feel like in my soul that... When two parties become unified through truth, forgiveness, freedom, and unconditional love, there is a third presence that arises, a higher self-consciousness, an overlighting angelic presence. And I know that sounds sort of woo, but it's basically just this idea that I am not just blindly devoted to Chase and whatever he says and vice versa. You're not just blindly devoted to me. We are in this practice of devotion to this third organism, this higher self-consciousness, 
that we create together. Yeah. And, and, and I, I've tasted it. I've felt it in my soul and I, I, that's all I want. So when I'm triggered, when things come up for me, when I'm trying to get to the thing behind the thing and it doesn't feel comfortable because it's not, it's not always easy. There's pride that has to be left at the door. You're going to have to deny certain aspects of your programming that you were, you know, in the groove of. It doesn't always feel comfortable, but it's always worth it because I am devoted to that third organism. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful articulation of what that really means in relationship and what devotion really means. We'll be talking a lot more about that topic. Obviously, it's going to be a big key piece to your uh, relationships course mm-hmm. uh, coming out in 2022. Uh, definitely more information coming on that if anyone's interested. Um, when it comes to these signs of progress, guys, we really want to know what you guys are experiencing too. Mm-hmm. Um, give us feedback. Let us know because it's so fascinating to me and, and just lights me up to hear about the things that are showing up in your life as you start to take action. Yeah. And wrapping this thing up, I, I, I want some key takeaways from, from all this because we've talked about a lot of things. We're obviously referencing already the things that we've talked about in other episodes. Um, and so in this, this kind of moment of 100 episodes and 100 uh, times that we've gotten, gotten together and, and talked about these, these ways to elicit conscious living, I think just summarizing mm-hmm. There's a few things that that we that we should really kind of like put in the put a stake in the ground on. It's a process. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be done, uh, and you're never going to be there for all of the achievers out there. This isn't going to be a box that you can check and move on. It's a process. Yep. So a uh, reminder again to be compassionate and patient and present with yourself and others. That's important too because it's easy to it's easy to get into a state of well why don't they know this? You know, why aren't they this? Why, why are we having these conversations still, especially in a relationship? Because we're not always going to be on the same page of where we're at in our journey, even if we're living together. Yep. It's not yes or no. I'm conscious or not. It's a staged process. It's a scale. It is steps like those that we've outlined above. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> remember to be curious, simple question to ask yourself, is this the best way? Yeah. Easy. Um, another kind of ending point takeaway is it's not your job to make others conscious, to wake people up. You can be an example by being a a living embodiment of what you're learning and what you're putting into formation in your life. Yeah. I guarantee you people will ask questions. They will start becoming curious about wait, you seem different. You seem happier. You seem like more joyful. You seem like you're loving life more. What are you doing? Yeah. And those questions will come. And from direct experience, you and I both know it's so, it's so much more magical of an experience when someone you love comes to you out of their own, like, like voluntarily coming to you and asking a question versus you saying, you know, Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, put it in, putting it in their face. It's, it's really magical when you can wait for the invitation. Yeah. And you're going to be able to articulate significantly better after you've embodied it. Yes. And good point. It's a bummer when amazing things like quotes from great thinkers get so plastered on marketing that the value is completely lost. But two that definitely come to mind are 
be the change you wish to see in the world, which yeah. we've all freaking heard a thousand million times. I had it on like a rubber band as a kid on my wrist. And, mm-hmm. and it's so beautifully put. Uh, I think it's a Gandhi quote, actually. And it's so, so real and so profound. And then the second to that is be slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm-hmm. And maybe as a added to that, quick to embody, quick yeah. to try it on before trying to teach somebody or, or, right. or spell or posture that you've been, um, you know, living in this, in this way. So I think the last thing and the thing that I really want people to take home is momentum is powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, count your wins, take a, take a minute, reflect. Yeah. Things are in your favor. This world will bend for you when you set your intentions, yeah. uh, as such. And when you truly believe that you can curate and create, uh, this life that you want. Yes, absolutely. And I will say, I will add to your count your wins. Do it without shame. You know, do it as I'm proud of myself. Permission to flex. Yes. Flex on yourself. Oh, so good. Here's to 100 times 100 more episodes. Holler. All right. Before we wrap up, you know what I'm going to ask you. I do. What, my love, is your medicine today? (sighs) My medicine... Um, are we keeping this PG? (laughs) No. Um, truly, I mean, if we're being real, my medicine was our intimate connection today. Mm. It was much needed and it just felt medicinal and psychedelic and, um, so needed. We've been traveling, we've been on the road, we've been doing all the things and super busy and I... Like I literally just missed you. I was with you the entire time, but there's there's certain points where I just I'm like, I miss looking into your eyes. I miss touching you, and um, that was absolutely my medicine today. Was just enjoying you. Mm, I agree. <laughs> I obviously love that, and uh, definitely definitely a medicine what? for me as well. Uh, but but I won't f- for the sake of of diversity. Uh, my medicine is this movement that i will be gifting my body Mm -hmm. here after we wrap up um travel day and of course i'm not going to push it to the limit but i want to move i want to feel my limbs i want to give the signal to my body that i am building that Mm -hmm. i care about your longevity and your flexibility and strength so after this podcast i'm going to be getting a nice little uh, resistance training session in before we have a beautiful evening Love it. Mm. I love you feeling your limbs and I love feeling your limbs. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're new to the medicine, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Under the Red Hat where uh, nothing is off limits. Nothing. We keeping it 100. Keeping it 100. What am I going to say? Mm. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> oh, so good. Thank All you right. everybody for listening and uh, <clears throat> having stuck with us through these two years. Many more things to come. Absolutely. We so appreciate your support. And uh, look forward to creating the Mm -hmm. conscious life with all of you. Yes, love it. And make sure you guys check out the Medicine Podcast Instagram account for details on how to enter our epic 100th episode giveaway. And with us choosing 10 winners, may the odds be ever in your favor. All right, love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Bye. 
If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.